Welcome to The Hive Mind, the weekly podcast from The Beehive about the latest and greatest in pop culture. I'm Meg Walter in studio with Eli McCann. Nick Morley will be joining us shortly. But Eli, mm-hmm. why don't you tell me what you've been watching? You said you would go first today. We just went over this. All right, I'll go first. Okay. IFC does a show called Documentary Now. Yes. And they just released the third season on Netflix. Okay. And it is great. I never saw... Oh, here comes Nick. Oh, hey, Nick. Nick it was we... threatened, and here you are. <laughs> we just started. You missed nothing oh, except good. some salty commentary from Eli. Yeah. Uh, what? Salty. All right. Salty. IFC. Documentary IFC now. Documentary Now. I haven't seen Wild Wild Country, but now I feel like I have, thanks mm-hmm. to the Documentary Now spoof called Batshit Valley. Mm-hmm. Super funny. They have one called Co-op. About the live recording of a Broadway musical, like cast recording, and John Mulaney is one of the producers. Oh yes, and it is so funny in it. And Paula Pell plays a big part of it, and she is also really amazing. Kate Blanchett is in this season. Owen Wilson is in this season. Tim Robinson is in this season. Star studded. Yeah, it's it's a fun watch. Also, last night we watched a few episodes of Frasier. You guys, <laughs> Frasier is amazing. Is it? Really? Yeah. Frasier's so funny. I remember watching it back in the day with my parents. Yeah. And it was so funny. Huh? It's so funny. You know, as a kid, I think that I was exposed to it when I was, you know, an early teen. And I just don't think it worked for me at that time. But you think, like, watching it as an adult is a nice experience. Yeah. I mean, and it's like any of those shows from the 90s with a laugh track. Like, you, you have to kind of settle in, you yeah. know, and be like, oh, yeah, this is how shows were done then. Yeah. And they, like, pause for laugh breaks. And you're like, well, this is weird. But um, it's... Really funny. The jokes are really solid. Okay. Nick, what have you been watching? Okay. So I binged last week the assassination of Gianni Versace. Ooh. Um, So it's the same. It's like the same American crime story as like the people versus OJ Simpson. It's kind of shot very similar. FX is one of those channels that I think still exists that makes really good content that's not streaming. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's. Like, just below HBO and, like, creativity and, like, production design and things like that. I really enjoyed it. It's a story that I had no idea that he got murdered like that. Hmm. No clue. Uh, but Versace casting, the designer. The designer, yeah. Okay. So got got shot by this, this serial killer hmm. outside of his house in South Beach. Wow. Uh, yeah, but the way that they shoot him and his process and, like, the, all the little intricacies of his house, all the jewelry, like, everything like that. Very cool piece of production. I was very impressed. Can Not I, as good as the O.J. Simpson one, but still pretty solid. Can I tell you what I think of every time I hear Versace? Mm-hmm. Tell me. There's an episode of the Kardashians <laughs> where they go on vacation to Florida, and Scott Disick is standing outside the Versace manor wearing a Versace suit, and he goes, Versace, Versace, Versace! <laughs> <laughs> and someone's looped that for 10 hours on YouTube. Who does those? Who's, who's in charge know. of the 10-hour looping on YouTube? Is it one person that does all of them? It must be. Or are there That's multiple a... people who want to do the same thing? I <laughs> but understand. I watched it for too long. It wasn't all 10 hours, but it was a while. Uh-huh. Uh, what else have you been watching? Well, uh, just I'm going to break the rules here and well, tell you about something that I, I plan on watching. Yes. Uh, today, Aziz Ansari's Netflix Comedy special releases, his new one. And it's the first one since... The Alley. The drama. Yeah, the drama. And he addresses that. And I haven't done all the research, but I think he got kind of a bad rap for what happened to him. I don't think he was on the same level as the other guys that were... 
indicted okay. in those types of stories. But enlighten me if you have any other facts. Oh, sorry, I didn't want to cut you off. No. But I I read like her account of what mm-hmm. happened and I was like, that's a bad date. His, oh, his yeah. allegations were different than other men. It wasn't I told him to stop and he wouldn't stop. It was we weren't communicating very well. And now looking back, I really hated that whole experience. Yeah, And it's like, but it wasn't abuse. It wasn't harassment. Yeah, It was, I think you both made bad decisions. Sure. I don't know. Anyways, he's supposed to address it in the comedy special. So I'm interested to hear what his take on it was and how he's kind of built back his, his image. Cause he was like on top of the world at one point, Mm -hmm. post parks and rec. And he was one of the funnier guys. And then, and what's his show uh, on Netflix that, won all those awards. Oh, uh, Master of None. Master of None, yeah. which I, I feel I, like was overrated. I didn't really like it. It, it was a little <laughs> overrated. What I did like about it, though, is it made New York look really fun. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it, they only took you to the cool restaurants and the cool bars and stuff like that when, really, when I've been to New York, it's, like, not as glamorous. Time and square. he made it. Yeah, he made it look like, oh, this is, like, Portland in New York. These are cool park hangouts, but really, it's, like, you're sweaty the whole time. <laughs> smells like urine uh but anyway that's it for me hmm. you know i'm okay with aziz i'm sorry coming back like louis ck i'm like i, don't I know. know you should just go away yeah. just go he away is so awful he's awful and, he, and he's not just coming back yeah he's unrepentant he's worse yeah because now he's just leaning in yeah, he's like oh he's... i got caught i guess i can just be this person now yeah yeah he's Maga. disgusting he's gross yeah. he's disgusting I had this experience last week because I had future in-laws staying at my house for an entire week, and I thought about something that Nick told me a while ago, which is when you spend a week with your in-laws, few decisions are your own. (laughs) Oh, man. And so few decisions were my own. I was subjected first to a movie called I Am Mother or something about a robot mom. Have you guys seen this thing? Smart House. Wasn't Smart House? Smart House. What? Remember Smart House on Zoog Disney about um, the house that like makes food for you and then it became a woman. Was and it, she was the mom was from it Married Midler with Children. in that? No. No, it's I Am Mother. It has Hillary Swank in it. I yeah. think it's on Netflix. And it's about this robot, a robot in a dystopian future who raises a baby. <laughs> and all I know is I made it about 10 minutes into this thing and the little girl's like, but where are all the other humans? And the robot's like... Would you like to have more siblings? And then she takes her into this room and there are all these embryos floating in cages in, I don't know. I'm kind of into that. So, <laughs> I, kind of I like what you're now. saying. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I wouldn't recommend it. they'd come back and watch it with me? <laughs> they also are very into Stranger Things season two. Oh, which, three. The third one just came out. Wait, we're on a third season now? Third yeah. season. Oh, I gave up after goodness. the first one. You know it's the most watched show in the history of Netflix? Okay, really? I have a theory about that, and here's what it is. Because I watched season one, and I was only just interested enough to keep going on season one. One ounce less interest, I would have like just quit halfway through. Yeah. But I was like, eh, I want to see what happens with Winona Ryder, with my girl, Winona. Yeah. And then once season one ended, I was like, I will never need to see any more of the show. So I didn't watch season two. I didn't even know season three was out. Maybe that's what I was subjected to. They set me down and I was in the, caught in the middle of two episodes of Stranger Things. And what I think is, if you are a teenager, it is very interesting and if you have teenage children, I think it is very interesting. Oh, okay. Because what I noticed was that my future in-laws 
the adults were very, very into it. But I could kind of tell a lot of it was because they were sharing something with their kids. And I don't think that there's a ton of that type of family content being created anymore because there are so many platforms that you kind of don't need to appeal to the broadest audiences possible on network television anymore like we used to have to do in the 80s and 90s. Now they can just be like, we're going to make a show that seven-year-old girls will love and no one else. And all the seven-year-old girls will want to watch this and their parents will have to get the platform for it. And Stranger Things kind of fits that. It's kind of a shared experience for everybody. Yeah. yeah and, which and, is hard to find these days. Yeah. 35-year-old dude without kids. I'm just not their audience for it. But I bet you if I had some teenage kids, I would be watching it. Interesting. So uh, that's it for me. All right. And then we all watched Jaws. <laughs> Eli for the first time. Which yeah. is kind of wow. crazy. Yeah. What do you think? Did you know Mr. Holland's Opus was in that movie? Richard, uh, Richard Dreyfus himself, Mr. Holland. <laughs> I love Mr. Holland's I, I love stand oh, Mr. Holland's That is a great oh, yeah. flick. We had it on VHS, and I watched it a lot. It's fantastic. Yeah, I think I have that whole movie memorized. As soon as Richard Dreyfus came out of the screen in Jaws, I screamed, Mr. Holland's opus. And then and he's I was young. He's young, and he's beardy, and kind of gross. No, oh, no, 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 he's no, hot. No. I'm into it. Oh, he totally is because Ashley was watching it with me and he was like, he kind of looks like today's hipsters oh, nowadays. Yeah. Like uh-huh. he's got that, that hat and the denim look. And yeah, he's 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 pulling it she off. Was, uh, <laughs> she was ready to leave me for young uh-huh. Richard Dreyfuss. The, I mean, that's fair. The viewing experience of Jaws <laughs> yesterday reminded me once again that everyone was a little ugly in the 70s. Oh, really? I think the 70s was a really uh, yeah. good aesthetic decade. I, I think they hadn't quite figured out face moisturizer yet. Well, so everybody's just a little like craggly, aging, a little leathery. Okay, but like I think his wife looks so good in this. She's like kind of weathered mm. and tan, but she looks like baller, mm-hmm. like real good. Uh huh. It was interesting to go back and watch an action film, summer blockbuster type film from that era, and see how different it is because there is not a lot of action in it. Actually, there's a lot of. A buildup of intensity. There's a lot of yeah tension just built up generally throughout the movie. I feel like if Jaws was made now, there would be 20 times the amount of shark attacks in it. I feel like it's like Jurassic Park, right? The original, so, the first Jurassic Park. Yeah. I think it's very Spielbergian. Yes. In that it's more about the characters. Now compare that to Jurassic World. Which is not a Spielberg. No, and I understand that. But what I'm saying is like these summer blockbuster movies, I don't think we see a lot of that kind of build in today's summer blockbusters. So here's an interesting thing that I found in my research for this episode. This was the first summer blockbuster that was considered good. Summer had been a time for studios. It was like the January that we have now. Mm -hmm. Studios would just dump their garbage because they assumed no one would go to movies in the summer. And then Jaws came out and it was a huge success and people were lining up around the block to see it. And they're like, oh, if it's good, people will see it in the summer. Mm. So he changed the summer blockbuster game. That's cool. So when I asked you how you liked it via text message yesterday, you said... I'm glad I saw it kind of boring, which I thought was an interesting response. What specifically did you think was boring? Um, The content for me, I just, I don't care about a shark. I just don't care. And I didn't feel like we got to see much of the shark. And so that was sort of, most of the film was just people on a boat talking about how they're going to kill a shark. It kind of felt like reading Moby Dick. Have you ever read Moby Dick? 
just real boring. Oh yeah, so many times I've, yeah. I've read Moby Dick. <laughs> There's a reason for it. It it just it was very slow for me. I didn't hate it. Okay. I wasn't bored out of my mind, but I was just kind of like, this is not a film that I would put on again. Here, I have to say something. Mm-hmm. I've seen this movie probably once a year since I was nine. I've seen this movie a lot. Never had I paid attention to Robert Shaw's speech when they're sitting in the boat and he monologues about his experience on the USS Indianapolis. I had always just kind of tuned that out. That's one of the best scenes of the whole I, I had assumed it was just a boring part and that I didn't need to pay attention. And we were watching it recently and I was like goofing off on Twitter and I was like reading something to Steven. He's like, you've got to listen to this. Mm-hmm. He's like, this is a boring part. He's like, have you ever listened to this part? And Robert Shaw's accent is so thick that I kind of have a hard time. So I really concentrated on what he was saying. It is the scariest part of the entire movie. Walk me through that because I think I tuned out for that same reason. I think a lot of people tune this out. But he tells his experience on the USS Indianapolis when they had delivered the atomic bomb and they were on their way back and they were hit by a Japanese Japanese missile boat. And they were in the water, and a swarm of sharks came and started eating all of the crew members. Oh my God. And he describes people bobbing in the water, and they would turn over, and they had been eaten in half. Just horrific, horrific stories. And I had this whole new appreciation for Jaws and the way Spielberg made this movie. Because it wasn't the shark that was the scariest thing. It was the idea of what sharks are capable of. That added a new depth of horror to the entire movie. Interesting. What's so cool? I wondered when you said it was boring if you had been like me and not really paying attention to what was being said. Well, you know, because I watched it with Skyler and he loves Jaws. Yeah. And when it was over and I was like, I, I kind of got bored with that. And he's like, are you serious? And he said, I think that you just watched it with the wrong eyes. And I think he might be right. I think I put on my Independence Day yeah. eyes for it and was just like ready for this thriller, action-packed whatever romp, and that was just going to be mindless. And so maybe I didn't pay enough attention to it and was bored because it just was something different than I was expecting. So that is really fascinating. Yeah. Nick, uh, you I assume you're like me and you've seen this a number of times. Yeah. We watch it every year around the 4th of July just because it's like 4th of July type yeah. of movie. I think it's Spielberg's best movie. And the reason I say that is because with the production that he had, it was probably a very low-budget film. Mm-hmm. But the way that he that he shoots everything, one of my favorite parts of the whole movie is the stage that he sets. When he does the zoom in on the water and people are just laying there. And it makes you think, like, oh, these people are a meal. Mm-hmm. When, like, normally you're thinking, like, oh, they're having a good day at the beach. But you're just on the edge of your seat thinking, like, there's a shark out there that's going to eat them. But he doesn't show it until you're... 70% through the movie. I and mean, like you you're still feeling tense though until until he's shoveling the chum and then he looks down and sees it and he, there's that famous scene where yeah. he tilts his head back and this is what great movie making is all about. I mean about. that's why Alien's so good, right. right? You never see the alien. And that trope has been used over and over and over again that you set the stage for it until the final reveal. And of it's the effective. Villain. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I hate to get political, but watching the mayor of Amity in this day and age when he's like mm-hmm. there's no shark there's no shark. And yeah. you're like, <laughs> like this happens. Like people yeah. deny very real things that are happening, very real bad things mm-hmm. that are happening. I literally tweeted that exact thing because I live tweeted my viewing experience of this film. And Your I, wine comment was my <laughs> Oh, my gosh. I only screamed once during this movie. And that was when the guy poured red wine into a glass full of ice. 
Anyway, but I also <laughs> tweeted that old white people in this movie screaming that there isn't a shark is the most 2019 yeah. part yeah. of Jaws. I yeah. was like, oh, yeah. gosh, this is icky. I am uncomfy right now. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to get into the behind the scenes of this because I yeah. started reading cool. and it was pretty fascinating. This movie was a disaster to make. Not mm. only did they not have a finished script, but Steven Spielberg, being a young, inexperienced filmmaker, insisted that they film on the Atlantic and not in control a tank yeah, in yeah. a studio. So they were dealing with the real ocean. Huh. And they sunk a number of ships <gasps> getting this made. Really? Like a number Gosh. of those boats went under because there was a huge crew, a huge film crew on that tiny little yeah. boat. <laughs> And so getting the right shots was a nightmare. The shark sunk a number of times. <laughs> Just kind of like a super disaster. Richard Dreyfus and Robert Shaw hated each other. Really? Robert Shaw was so mean to Richard Dreyfus and like anti-Semitic, like very, really? very rough and an alcoholic. Huh. So that scene where he's talking about the USS Indianapolis... They had tried doing it an entire day before, and he kept taking drinks between takes. Oh, no. And he was getting just really, really sloppy, and they spent a whole day on it, and he couldn't get it. They did it at 9 a.m. the next morning, and he did it perfectly in oh one take. Huh. But he just could not stay away from alcohol, and he would get really abusive when he was drunk. Mm. Just a lot of issues with the people, with the logistics of making this movie. Uh, never been done before. Spielberg was new. And they were very nervous about it, but they pulled it off. Mm-hmm. And they did. I, I just think it's such a good movie. Yeah. Like, it's so I wanna, different. I wanted to ask you, Meg, I don't think that this movie or the people who made this movie thought much of the women, of women generally. None of the none of the women characters in this movie do anything at all. Uh, I think the wife adds an emotional element. That's it. No, uh, the mother. No, yeah, the the of uh, the Kittner boy. That yeah, got... when she slaps Chief Brody, I think that's a real turning point of okay. the movie. Okay, but there are no women involved in trying to capture the shark. Maybe that's just a product of the time. I feel like if this was remade now, one of those three people on the boat would have been a woman. Yeah, maybe the oceanographer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. Interesting. But I wasn't like. Um... It just it caught me very much as like, oh, this is a man movie. This is a movie about men. I think including Laura Dern as a paleontologist in Jurassic Park went a long way, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah, and that it could have benefited from something like that. Have someone in the movie. Yeah. I want to talk about Spielberg movies in general. Sure. I was thinking as I was watching this, do all of his movies take place over a few days? Private Ryan. E.T. E.T., Jurassic Mm. Park, The Post. Even Lincoln. That was Spielberg, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like he works within this framework of a few days and he's telling a story of like a week tops. Hmm. Would you agree? I'm trying to think of an example where that doesn't happen. Private Ryan was like a month, Isn't Forrest Gump a Spielberg? No, it's a Robert Robert Zemeckis. Zemeckis. Oh, then never mind. I think it's smart. I think that he puts this boundary in his storytelling where he's like, I've got to make character development. I've got to tell a complete story and it has to be done within a number of days. So it's usually like an event. And it's focused around this one event. Interesting. And he's able to tell a complete story with that device, hmm. which I think is cool. E.T. was just a week? Really? Isn't it? I don't or watch that, it because I don't want to. Did he do Close Encounters of the Third Kind? He did kind? Close Encounters. I don't think E.T. was just a week. I think they at least experienced a season. 
But I don't remember. It's been so long. I oh, know. I don't remember. And, and I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to revisit that I know. That thing. I don't watch it in unity with <laughs> Meg because I know that it scares her. Do you guys know Amity means friendship? Oh. <laughs> friendship You were not paying attention to this movie. <laughs> was also drinking some red wine yes. over ice <laughs> while I watched it. You missed my, it. My live tweeting has more and more misspellings and typos <laughs> as you go. Um, uh, catch me if you can. Catch me if you can. That's right. Yeah. Well, there you go. Gosh, he makes good movies, though. Very debunked. He? he does make good movies, and I wonder if he's probably petered out. I mean, his peak was yeah. probably a while ago. I mean, but He's been I, at it for a long time. He so. also looks just like my husband. Have you seen pictures of young Steven Spielberg? No, I would like to see that now. This is compelling for listeners. <laughs> I'll show you after. Jaws, I think it's a revolutionary movie for the time. I think it still holds up. Oh, another very interesting thing that I read. The beginning scene, which I think is one of the scariest scenes of the movie. So good. Mm-hmm. To get her body to do the things it was doing as she's being pulled under the water... They had weights attached to her body that they were pulling. Heavy How scary. Weights. So, wait, was it like a scuba diver below that was pulling yes. down? Wow. Yes. Crazy, right? Wow. And they probably didn't tell her when they were going to pull, so yeah. it would be like genuine. Also, to get the noise of her drowning, she had to do this thing in a sound studio where she was like, they were pouring water down her throat while she was screaming. How, I hope they paid for I know, a that's lot what I money. said. I was like, I hope she made a ton of money from this. And she was naked. Yeah. Also, uh, when they discover her body on the beach, this isn't a spoiler. This is literally yeah. like the first two minutes of the movie. But they had made a prosthetic arm, but it didn't look real. So they actually put a production assistant under sand and had her arm stick out. So that's like a real human arm. That, you're <laughs> wow. that is so cool. Steven Spielberg, he's a perfectionist. Yeah. And yeah, they were writing the script as they were making the movie. At the end of the day, they'd hurry and write more of the script so that they could film it. Interesting. Yeah, like again, it was like a total disaster, but they managed to pull it off. Huh. So, also a little person in the shark cage, so that the shark looked bigger. Huh. Also, also when they're on the uh, the boat and you see that shooting star, that was an actual shooting star that they just happened Aww. to catch. Precious, right? Yeah. What did you think of the shark? I was just going to ask you guys if you think it's held up because I was caught somewhere between, oh, that's pretty cool, and that looks like a muppet. I think for if an 11 year old watched it, he would like be like, oh, that shark is the stupidest looking thing I've ever seen. But we all grew up with pretty terrible mm-hmm. special effects. So like for us, it's like, oh, yeah, that was the time. Yeah. Right. It's like they did pretty well with with what they had. Yeah. yeah. It cost a quarter of a million dollars. Did it the really? The shark did? Mm-hmm. What's it made of? Do you know? I don't know what it's made of, but it was so heavy that it sunk in the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> so is it at the bottom of the ocean? They went down and got it. Scuba okay. divers went down and got it. Okay. Yeah. I think seeing the shark is scary. I think the scarier part is seeing the head underwater. Yeah. Mm. That was a more effective jump scare for me. Yeah, I agree. Steven really should have been on this podcast. But he pointed out that when you are introduced to the air tanks, it doesn't feel like heavy-handed foreshadowing. Because he's like, careful, those are going to blow. you know. And yeah. it was more like, this is showing... That Chief Brody is inexperienced on a boat. When in actuality, that's what ultimately kills the shark, which I thought was so smart. I think you're right. When that happened, I didn't think that those are going to blow up the shark. That did not occur to me. And in any other movie, I'd be like, oh, brother. Yeah. You know? Now be careful. Those (laughs) will explode. (laughs) Wink, wink. wink. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah. 
So, Jaws, I think you need to give it another chance. I think I will. I think I will, at least parts of it. I want to go rewatch that scene that you referenced. How were the sequels? Oh, bad. I've never watched Real them. bad. I think I watched number two at like a party one time. It wasn't good. Mm. So. Don't they electrocute the shark in that one? I think I've seen the end of the second one. I wouldn't be surprised. Has mm. there ever been a good shark movie after this? The Meg. <laughs> you Guys, know what? There's another layer to the ocean that we don't know about, but the scientists on the Meg find it. Mm-hmm. Did you see the Blake Lively one? The sh- no. The Shallows? Well, did you? Yeah. Was it good? It was all right. Yeah. You know what I really want to see? Sharknado. No, I do want to see Sharknado. <laughs> but there's an alligator movie coming out called It Crawls. Mm. It looks, this girl is trapped in a flooded house with an alligator. Okay. <laughs> Sign me up. I know. I'm so excited, you guys. It Crawls. It Crawls. Oh, my goodness. I think it's Sam Raimi. Who's who, that? He did Drag Me to Hell. Oh, <laughs> uh, that movie was crazy. Drag Me to Hell was so funny and so good. Really? Yeah. Anyway, thanks for listening, everybody. If you're interested to know what Steven, my husband, looks like, Google a young Steven Spielberg. That's what we're going to be doing Dressed right now. Dressed as Richard Dreyfus well, and Jaws. No. Your husband dresses like Richard Dreyfus and Jaws. He doesn't wear those hats. Hipster. Okay, minus the hat. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> All right.